You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And to get this show every day, I need you to subscribe to Locked On Mets wherever you get your podcast: Google, Apple, Spotify, Himalaya. Also, don't forget when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets. Now, on today's show, I want to talk about Jacob Degrom, Garrett Cole, Steven Strasburg, Zach Wheeler, all of these pitchers on big money deals, and why the New York Mets have. The best deal of them all in Jacob deGrom. So in the first half, I'm going to talk about Jacob deGrom and compare him to the top pitcher out of the bunch, according to the national media, which is Garrett Cole, and explain why deGrom is better. Then later on in the second half, I'm going to talk about the contracts and explain why deGrom's deal is such a good one for the Mets. But before we get to any of that, I'm your host, Ryan Fickelstein. If you want to find any of my work, Check me out on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsmerizedOnline.com. Now, talking about these crazy contracts that have been given out this offseason, you have Garrett Cole getting $324 million over nine years. You have Steven Strasburg getting $245 million over seven years. And Zach Wheeler getting $118 million over five years, comparing all of that to Jacob DeGrom and his five-year $137.5 million contract, I think you can say the Mets got an absolute steal. But to compare the two pitchers in question here, Garrett Cole, the new ace of the Yankees, with Jacob DeGrom, the ace of the Mets, I don't think there's any question that DeGrom has been the better pitcher throughout the his career. You look at Garrett Cole, 3.22 career ERA. Jacob DeGrom, 2.62 career ERA. How many innings have they pitched? Well, pretty comparable. Garrett Cole, 1,195. Jacob DeGrom, 1,101. So, sure, Cole has pitched a couple more innings, but overall, the results are pretty clearly in DeGrom's favor. You look at the strikeouts. Garrett Cole has the nod, 1,336 strikeouts compared to DeGrom's 1,255 strikeouts. Strikeout per nine rate for DeGrom is 10.3 across his career. For Garrett Cole, it is 10.1. All of a sudden, the strikeouts maybe tip back to DeGrom's favor, but then when you look at the ridiculous 13.8 mark that Cole had this past season, you could say, fine, Garrett Cole is a little bit better of a strikeout pitcher up to this point. You look at the whips on their careers, obviously. You have DeGrom at 1.053, Garrett Cole at 1.129. So I think for the length of their careers, I think it's clear that Jacob DeGrom has been the better pitcher. Let's look at the more recent information we have, and that's the last two years. Garrett Cole, when he went to the Astros, became a different pitcher than what we saw earlier on in his career with the Pirates. He had some great years in Pittsburgh, but he became some extra type of dominant wearing an Astros uniform. He had 276 strikeouts 
in his first year as an Astro in 200 and a third innings pitched, pitched to a 288 ERA. That, of course, though, is Jacob DeGrom's unbelievable season in 2018, where he pays baseball with that 170 ERA, which was just spectacular. He was the best pitcher in baseball that year. I don't think there's any question about that. He had 269 strikeouts and 217 innings pitched. This past year, DeGrom was not quite as dominant for a whole season because he had that rough patch at one point. But overall, he still pitched to a 2-4-3 ERA, had 255 strikeouts and 204 innings pitched, and won his second straight Cy Young. Now, the fact that Garrett Cole did not win the Cy Young, I'm not going to take that away from him. I think he deserved it over his teammate Justin Verlander, but he pitched to a 2-5-0 ERA across 212.1 innings pitched. He also had 326 strikeouts, which was uh, the best mark in all of baseball. So when you look at these two guys this past year, could you have made the slight argument for Garrett Cole? If you want to, you could, but I think you're splitting hairs. These were the best two pitchers in baseball, in my opinion. 1A, 1B, whatever you want to call it. But you have Jacob DeGrom doing this for two straight years of having that excellent type of a season. And with Houston, is it weird that I still have my doubts? Because they seem to turn every single pitcher into something better than they were. And you know what? Charlie Morton, he left Houston. He went to Tampa. He was still excellent. So maybe they just do a great job of refining these guys and they can take that and move on to the next destination and still pitch well. But I have my questions when you look at all these different things they've been doing when it comes to sign stealing and all of that type of cheating. I'm not saying that there's cheating when it comes to the pitching. But what I'm saying is they might have some type of advanced analytics that other teams don't. And when he goes to the Yankees, who knows if he has the same success. The Yankees are heavily analytical as well. So Garrett Cole might be as good. But I just don't look at Garrett Cole and say he is going to be markedly better than Jacob DeGrom over the next five years because that's how long DeGrom's in New York. And the fact is you have to pay Cole now until he's 40 on a nine-year deal. That could be troublesome for the Yankees long-term. So I think that when you look at everything, the Mets have an absolute steal in Jacob DeGrom, and that's what I'm going to talk about when we get back in just a minute. All right, so let's look at these ridiculous contract figures that we have here when we're talking about Garrett Cole, Steven Strasburg, and then comparing them to Jacob DeGrom. You have Garrett Cole, who's just flatly making $36 million a year for the next nine years. That is the highest average annual value ever for a pitcher. He gets that on a ridiculously long-term contract which adds up to $324 million. Now, this contract is a little bit interesting because it also includes an opt-out after his age 33 season, but if he opts out and is still excellent, the Yankees can actually keep him in pinstripes by adding a 10th year at that same $36 million. So they would basically at that point be taking the first five years of the deal and adding five more. So that is an interesting structure of a deal. If that was to be exercised, you're talking a 10-year, $360 million contract. So that would be 
truly record-breaking. Now you move over to Steven Strasburg. He got close to the same as Cole with a couple less years. He got a seven-year deal worth $35 million a year. There is $80 million in deferred money, as the Nationals tend to do. But overall, pretty on par with Cole, just a couple less years. So he's getting paid a lot of money. Then you look at Jacob deGrom. He ends up getting five years, $137.5 million. You divide that by five, and Jacob deGrom is getting paid $27.5 million on an average annual value. So you are talking 8.5 less than Cole, 7.5 less than Strasburg when he's arguably a better pitcher and on a shorter term deal. If DeGrom does not opt out after the fourth year of this deal, it takes him through his age 35 season and then gives the Mets a team option on his age 36 season. Meanwhile, you have Strasburg getting paid through his age 37 season and Cole, if he doesn't opt out, getting paid through his age 37 season as well. So DeGrom is actually going to be younger at the end of his deal as opposed to these other two pitchers. Now, the interesting thing about DeGrom's contract is he also has some deferred money on it, but it was structured in a way that gave the Mets financial flexibility early on. 2019, his base salary was $7 million. His payroll salary, including the signing bonus, was $9.5 million. This year, his payroll salary is $25.5 million. Then he will be on par with Garrett Cole for two years in 2021 and 2022, when the Will Pounds will probably no longer be with the franchise as far as financially backing it if this sale goes through. He will then be making $36 million in those two seasons. Then, if he does not opt out after that, he will get paid $30.5 million, and the Mets have a $32.5 million option for his services moving forward. So, clearly, DeGrom is a bargain when you're looking at these other deals, especially when you consider the fact that Zach Wheeler got $118 million. And we have seen Zach Wheeler up and close. And he's good, but he's not Jacob DeGrom good. And the Phillies are paying him very close to what DeGrom's making. His average annual salary is $23.6 million. So just under $4 million less than what DeGrom makes per year based on average annual value. So so when you even factor that in, DeGrom's deal looks that much better. Now the last contract I wanted to talk about before I close is Justin Verlander because this would be the type of deal I could see the Mets signing at the end with Jacob DeGrom to keep him in blue and orange if he is as excellent as I believe he could be through the length of his career because I don't see any reason why Jacob DeGrom can't have the same type of career as a Justin Verlander or a Max Scherzer. These guys who have figured out how to continuously do it deep into their 30s, I think DeGrom has that in him. And what we are seeing right now is Justin Verlander just recently signed a two-year extension with the Houston Astros worth $66 million. That took him through his age 37 and 38 season. That would be where DeGrom would be if this contract played out to its entirety. So maybe at the end of this, DeGrom gets those two years worth, who knows, $33, $34, $35 million. And then that pushes his career earnings well above $200 million. But 
right now when you look at everything and you compare all these starting pitchers, the fact that the Mets got DeGrom to sign on the dotted line when they did for what they got him to sign for is one of the better things that Brody Van Wagenen has done as general manager. He did have that relationship with Jacob DeGrom as his former agent. And I think that this was a deal that both sides appreciated at the time. DeGrom, for a player who had yet to get paid, he wanted to get that payday to secure his family's future. He did that. Did he leave a little bit off the table? Potentially, of course. If he hit free agency after that season, two straight Cy Youngs, who knows what he would have gotten. But you can't bank on having two years like that. Luckily, the Mets got two years like that after Grom, and hopefully they get another next year and can do a little bit more winning as a team behind that level of production from Jacob DeGrom. But overall, fantastic contract that the Mets need to build around and capitalize on over the next three seasons when they have him for sure, and hopefully five seasons if DeGrom stays and does not opt out. Anyway, that will be all for Locked On Mess today. Thank you for listening. Remember, you can subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets.